Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. This debate's raging about off-field stuff and whether you should get into a Hall of Fame or not. And then back to the Theo stuff. He shouldn't get in because he's not perfect. Okay, for those that say that, let's shine the light on you. Let's go through your history. Let's go through your browser history and emails. Let's do that, okay? He's fine. He's fine. Oh, he's fine. He's good. He's good. He's good. Uh, anything let's let's but talk my, about you. Anything but my browser history. <laughs> this is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, isn't this something? Look at this. This is what we're dealing with here in the Great White North in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. What a day. Hunker down, everybody. And if you are watching from some sunny uh, tropical locale, be grateful for that. <laughs> but we made it into work today, and I had the vision that I was going to be doing a selfie video on one, and you'd be on one side and you'd be on the other. Yeah. We could have done that. We could have. But we made it in. I almost got stuck twice, and I drive an SUV. Thank you, Capital GMC, for that. I almost got stuck twice. You drive a piddly little car sedan. I know, and it was just like (laughs) all over. A couple of times I thought I was, because we we were talking on the phone, and you're like, okay, you're not that far. You're right in front of me. You know, a couple of blocks. I thought about pulling over a couple of times when I was about to get stuck. I'm like, oh, Rod will just pick me up on the way by. Didn't come to I would have. Yeah, I if I would have. So, yeah, we got two hours of hot sports talk going on today. I was in the uh, – I was down at the exhibition grounds, if you need to know. I was shooting a video for uh, the government insurance and was chatting with the coach, went by the football stadium, and I'm like, by the armory. There's a lot of stuff in a 110 oh, yeah. acres of land right there. Yeah. And barely made it out alive. What's funny? Of the storm. I, I drove right by the armory, and there was two of the soldiers were there trying oh, to yeah. put the Canadian flag in the window today. Yeah, and there and I almost pulled over to give that to Jordan as a scene setter. The army and they're trying to get it attached, and it's blowing away on them. It was pretty good. It's a two man job. Hey, those guys do more by eight a.m. than most will do all day. That's right. So uh, yeah, it's a cold one up here. Well, it's actually not that cold. This is very blustery. John Schmeiser, watching on YouTube, says, Good morning from Kansas City. He says, I watched Habs, Rangers, Flames, Flyers, Elks, Argos, and Mexico, Canada. Had every TV in the house on. <laughs> That's one of my favorite country songs by Trace Adkins. Every light in the house is on. Do you know that one? Yeah, I do. 
Wow, we finally got one for the kid. I know that one. Trace Atkins. Darren Workman watching in Salt Lake City. Lovely sight, Rod. Sunny but below freezing in Salt Lake today. And my cousin Christine. You knew that she was waiting all day to log in and watch this one. Good morning from Sunny and No Snow Medicine Hat. (laughs) Home of Terry Clark and the Gas City. Okay, let's quit farting around. The guests on the program today from Dallas Stars TV, Bally Sports, Texas, Brian Ray, and Canada's foremost NFL insider, Jim Lang. He's coming up in hour two. Now, can you please hit the uh, quick six show horn director? Another light just went out. Right on. It's like I'm doing an interview on 60 Minutes, but you don't want my identity to be seen. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> I'm in witness protection. Yes. <clears throat> what did the government agency do to you? Big hat. My whistleblower, Rod, and uh, a whistleblower. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I can't get to the comments now. Now it's, it's us time. It's me time. It's me and Moose time. You're not going to believe what we have as the number one show topic here. Canada finds itself in uncharted territory in its quest for a berth in the FIFA 2022 Qatar World Cup. Alone in top spot of CONCACAF's final round of qualifying with six games to go. Arriving in Edmonton last week in third place, the Canadians climbed into first in the eight-team table with a pair of victories. A 1-0 win over Costa Rica and then Tuesday's thrilling 2-1 win over world number nine Mexico on a frigid night at Commonwealth Stadium. With four wins and four draws, Canada remains the only unbeaten team in qualifying as it continues its push to its first World Cup appearance since 1986. And the light's back on. Um, Look... It's awesome. I saw the guys jumping in the snowbank. Here's my thing last night. I'm flipping back and forth, and you're going to see what I actually did watch. CFL games, NHL games. I'm like, tried half-heartedly to watch the soccer, to find the soccer game, just to say that I did. And I'm like, it's not on any of the TSN channels? Next! Because I had the main event, the Oilers and the Jets to watch. Get out of here with this soccer. I don't care. The historical reference and all that, I'll get on it if they actually make the World Cup. How about that? I get that, you know, you need to yeah. get in from the start of the ride and get on the ride, and that's fine. But I just want to say, uh, here, here's the thing. Canada beats Mexico 2-1 in Edmonton, where it's minus 17 degrees. And from what the highlights look great, I'm not poo-pooing anything. I know it's a very historical thing. But can you imagine those poor Mexicans who, as I understand, didn't get into Edmonton until the day before the game? And I saw the analysts. Do you think they should have came in earlier? Why? To die? <laughs> like, it's like if we had gone as a Canada down to Honduras and played Mexico and lost, it would have probably been, it was too hot. It was too this. It was too that. Here's us beating the crap out of Mexico. Beating them 2-1. And nobody cares that the fact that they almost died, the Mexicans. Right. Think about that, friend. Guys, they got the Canadians are jumping in the snowbank and all that. We don't care about your excuses. That's all that. Nobody cares about Mexico playing out of their element, literally. Nobody cares. What did their coach say afterwards? We played good. You know what I mean? Like, nobody cares about you, Mexico, because we won. 
Get we, over it. We had a girl. Her name was Monse at, at WABC Broadcast School in Saskatoon from Mexico. And it was like 20 degrees in the summer. She had her jacket right. on. She's bundled up. So you can only imagine what they were, those poor Mexicans were thinking during that game last night. But it was such a cool moment. Um, That's all true. Very, very cool moment. Um, and that, the, the neat thing for me when I look at it, and this is my understanding, right? They, they reward wins. Draws are so common. Right, I think it's one point for a draw and three points for a win. They really reward wins. And that's how Canada's been able to get to number one because they have zero losses. Zero, which yeah. is incredible. They haven't lost a game. Um, and they've been able to win. They haven't just been going through with draws every game. So that's cool. They don't play now until the end of January, the next leg of this thing where they'll play a couple of games, I think on the 26th and 29th. But it is, uh, it's cool. I'm into it. I've been watching it now. But I, but I kind of bought into the short story. It's all cool. It's cool. Ice, ice Teca, that's cool. You know, the yeah. Azteca, Ice Teca. I get all that. I'm trying to find a quote from the Canadian, uh, the Mexican coach. Because John Herdman, Canada's coach, we're hearing everything what he's got to say. I want to know what the Mexican coach had to say. Like, get us the hell out of here. Yeah. When they thought him out. <laughs> so I just say nobody cares about your excuse. They needed one of those little uh, lift and, and uh, pulleys, right? That you haul a fridge around with <laughs> to get them to the podium for the post conference. Nowhere have they interviewed the Mexican coach. Come, can nobody, because nobody cares, right? I just love. I'd like to know what he had to say. Yeah, about this game. Anyways, that's a lot of point on uh, a lot of time on point one. Way to go, Canada! Keep it rolling. Point two, rookie Taylor Cornelius ran for a touchdown as the Edmonton Elks snapped an eight-game losing streak with a 13-7 win over the Toronto Argonauts on Tuesday night. Cornelius drove Edmonton 29 yards on seven plays, setting up Sean White's 35-yard field goal at 11.57 of the fourth to put the visitors ahead 13-7, and they would not relinquish that lead. The former Oklahoma State star claimed his first CFL win in his seventh career start for the Elks, who are now 3-10, coming off that loss at Saskatchewan on Saturday. Now, I watched that game, and forgive me for saying, I thought it was decent. For a 13-7 game, like you, I appreciate defensive football. I appreciate defensive hockey. I don't mind a one nothing game. It wasn't a sloppy game. Just because there was a lack of scoring doesn't mean it was a bad game. I didn't see a lot of drop passes. I didn't see a lot of missed tackles. And I thought Edmonton played their asses off. Because there were analysts in this game in this league last week of the CFL said Edmonton's probably got their bags packed. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're already out. They're going to play three games in seven days. They're not going to care. And they didn't. So you're probably a little surprised that I'm not sitting here mocking the Edmonton Elks today. Hashtag fear the deer. They went into Edmonton and played their ass off. And I know some of them. Derek Moncrief, who's been in this studio, the former LA Ram. Creef, you know he was going to give us all and he did they all did so kudos to the Edmonton for being professionals their coach for putting together a game plan and Toronto they wanted to win they wanted to win they wanted to finish the season unbeaten at home they just wanted to win a game I thought the game was decent yeah I don't know how much of it you watched. no it was and you know Edmonton had a couple of drives that got down you know near the red zone and ended without points because Toronto defensive backs made really good plays on the football. A couple turnovers down there. 
Yep. So they knocked at the door a few times to add even more points. And if it wasn't for a couple interceptions, this score might have been even more in favor of the Elks. So, you know, these, these throwaway games that don't mean anything, they don't catch our attention. They don't catch the headlines. They're not going to draw big viewership. But there were some plays last night. It was a pretty good football game. Moving on, because we got a lot of important things to get to. We have more CFL talk later in segment two. We're going to play deal or no deal. Today's poll question is, which is Canada's game of the week? So we've got a lot to get to. We'll save that for a block, too, because we've got a lot of things to cram into the warm-up here for our friends at E. Cole Electric. And I adorn my desk with their mug every single day right here. E. Cole Electric, come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for all your electrical needs. I might add Moose DuPont that it's 11-11. Of course it is. Yes, the opportunity portal is opening. Ah, In there. Let's go. To the National Hockey League, Trevor Zegras scored his second goal in overtime to extend the Anaheim Ducks' winning streak to eight and notch the 1,000th franchise win with a 3-2 victory over the Washington Capitals. On Tuesday night, Ryan Getzlaff of the famous Getzlaff family reached 1,000 career points, and Troy Terry extended his point streak to 15 games for the Ducks, who remain unbeaten in the month of November. Who was pumping the Ducks' tires? And who was getting soundly flogged? I know. This guy. I know. Hot take. (laughs) Anyways... So I put on Twitter this morning, is Ryan Getzleff the most, the best Regina-born athlete of all time? Thousand points, Stanley Cup, Olympic gold, world junior gold on the greatest world junior team ever. What a reaction that was. So uh, for the viewers across the land, I apologize for the hyper-local turn that we're about to take here. But come on, here in the sweatpants capital, we've had some athletes and to be honest with you, Benny Hebert, you know Meat yeah. from Team Cooey out there in Calgary. He liked my tweet about Getzlaff being the best ever Regina-born athlete. I'm like, oh, yeah, Meat's upset that I didn't mention him. He's a great athlete. He's an Olympic gold medalist, Benny. But so is Getz. And you're a curler. Come on! (laughs) Ben Hebert's not going out and scoring a 1,000 points with an NHL team, but if you train Getzlaff to throw curling rocks, I I think he'd be pretty good at it. And then John Ryan, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks. We've had a lot of great athletes come through here. Mike Sillinger's been over 1,000 games in the NHL, but he never won a Stanley Cup. Like, uh, folks, winning counts for something. And Chris Kunitz or at here? least it used to. I don't know if it still matters anymore. Yeah, of course. Chris Kunitz has won four Stanley Cups. He's from here. He's in the conversation. And we've had these discussions before. Who's the greatest all-time athlete? We could throw Chris Getzlaff in there. He won a couple of great cups. He was a top Canadian in the 2013 Great Cup. So forget about who's the greatest athlete from the Queen City. Because I'm going to say it's Ryan Getzlaff. But what John Ryan has accomplished is nothing short of miraculous to come out of Regina Minor football and win a Super Bowl. The sucky thing about that is here, he's just John. Right. 
<laughs> you see him walking down Victoria Avenue. Hey, JR. Yeah, that's the Super Bowl champion. Yeah, so what? I went to high school with him at Sheldon. He's still just John. Just, just John. Yeah. So what I'm asking the viewers, what I'm asking you people, who's the most famous athlete from your town or city? That should keep you busy for a while. Yeah. You can write us on the text line, 902-518-3033. Text us on there. And we got some gooders coming in already uh, from overnight. I got hung up on the first NHL result of the night. <laughs> and I still have my top five, bottom five coming up for the NHL too because it is Wednesday. But in other games, Sebastian Ajo had a goal and an assist and Carolina beat Las Vegas 4-2 in the Fortress last night. It's not a big deal, okay? It's the Carolina Hurricanes. No need to be that worried in Las Vegas yet. Cam Atkinson scored just 45 seconds into overtime and cut a hot, made 33 saves to lift Philadelphia over Calgary 2-1. Nikolai Ehlers, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Mark Shifley scored in the second period of Winnipeg's 5-2 win over the Oilers. Adam Lowry and Kyle Connor also scored, and Connor Hellebuck made 32 uh, stop 32 shots as Winnipeg finished five one and one on their homestand. NHL leading scorer Neon Leon Dreisaitl had a pair of power play goals in the third for Edmonton. Miko Koskinen stopped 22 of the 26 shots he faced and then was pulled for Stuart Skinner. And it says here the orders won't go anywhere with this goaltending. Timo Meyer had a goal and a helper to keep up his strong start to the season in San Jose's 4-1 win over Mini. Barrett Hayton scored twice. Scott Wedgwood made 33 saves. And the Arizona Coyotes got a rare road win by beating St. Louis 3-2. Bob stopped 27 shots. And Florida overcame the loss of center Sasha Barkov to remain unbeaten at home, routing the Islanders 6-1. Bob is Sergei Brabovsky, for those that don't know. Just a couple more to go here. Watson, Saskatchewan's Dustin Tokarski stopped a career-high 45 shots as Buffalo beat Pittsburgh 2-1. Break up the Sabres. Jack Campbell made 24 saves to register his third shutout of the season, and Toronto defeated Nashville 3-0. Austin Matthews, David Kampf, and Mitch Marner also scored. Chris Kreider had another goal. Kapokako scored for the second straight game, and the Rangers beat Montreal 3-2 for their fourth straight win. And in Dallas... Jason Robertson scored twice, and Jake Ottinger made 28 saves as Dallas beat Detroit 4-2. We're going to be going to Dallas later. Brian Ray will join us from Bally Sports Southwest. This has been the warm-up. We've got plenty more to get to, though. We'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube, live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Very much appreciating the discussion today, by the way. And we're not even all the way through our uh, quick six show topics here. A reminder that the warm-up is brought to you by E. Cold Electric. We're asking the viewers, who's the most famous or best athlete from your town or city? Some really interesting 
responses have come in, Moose. And I know the answer to yours, the chicken capital. Whityard, Brett Leffler. Ah, very good. I knew that. Well, it's not Former captain true, of the Regina Pats. God's team. I'd go older than that. We always had a Richard Zemlak picture in the rink. Come on. See from there? Yeah. I thought he was European. Pittsburgh Penguin, right? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, Richard Zemlak. Um, I mean, the local heroes would be like George, uh, George Lamb, you know, Gunnar Lindell. Um, but then I think Mitro, Mitro Presti, right? Mitro was from Winyard. Metro Pristai? Yeah. Stanley Cup champion. Chikai, Chikai. Yeah, Chikai, Chikai. Whoa, whoa. Chikai, Chikai. Yeah, you got it. That's good. I love it. It's just so good when it hits your lips. <laughs> um, uh. We have a super chat. Somebody paid. What do we have? What do we have? Where is it? Oh, from Ryan McCarthy in uh, New York. He says, sorry, I'm late. Here's five in the kitty. Good day to everyone from Chile, Saratoga, New York, home office of the No Credentials Required podcast. No need to apologize for showing late. That's uh, up late. That's your problem, not ours, Ryan. Um, it's interesting. We have obviously viewers around the world. Trent Bruner's watching from Norway. But he's originally by way of Canwood Sask. He says, Tavis Hansen. Which, Darren, would mean nothing to you, probably. To where? No. Tavis Hansen. Yeah, no. He says, played for Springfield of the American Hockey League. And, of course, Freddie Sasap Camus from the Ethica Coop First Nation. NHL with Chicago. That, not that Tavis Hansen isn't important. What I'm saying is, I remember him playing for the Kelowna Rockets. Because I remember looking at the roster going, Tavis or Travis? Yeah, did they just make No, it's Tavis. It's Tavis. And that's like in the 90s. Guy watching from uh, on YouTube uh, goes by the handle Safe Moon Dog. And he says Leslie Nielsen. Was there oh, name? was Leslie Nielsen a famous, accomplished athlete? Or is he the star of Airplane? How's the listening comprehension skills going? I'm like looking And for... Naked Gun, two and a half. <laughs> can I be frank? You can be whoever you want to be. <laughs> uh, uh, from my cousin, Christine, she says, Lanny McDonald. <clears throat> Lanny's from Hannah, Alberta. Not medicine hat. Come on, people. Is it too early in the morning? Which, by the way, the last time I saw Lanny, he said, uh, yeah, he made Hannah Alberta famous. And there was a sign that said, home of Lanny McDonald at Hannah Alberta. Yeah. But he said the Nickelback bus backed over it. <laughs> <laughs> put it down and then put up a new one. Exactly. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I get it. And I'm not sure if I can always agree to all these comments. Eric in Winnipeg says Terry Sawchuk. Mm, Winnipeg. We could spend some time on Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taves, Captain Sirius. Is that what his nickname is? Captain Sirius? Isn't that what it is? Bingo! Who else is from Winnipeg? The Magician? Doug Henning? Think that's his name? We're trying to keep this... To athletes. Troy and Toronto. 
says Rick Nash, Tristan Thompson, Cassie Campbell, and my friend Andrew Castles. Andrew Castles is a very underrated NHLer. Yeah. And he says Brampton, Ontario, my hometown. I like it. That's good. B-Town. Mike Edom of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Because when I was still voice of the rider, Adam and I, you know how some people just come together, you know, like moths to a flame. We were like two moths together. So I'm like, Mike, he was always asking to get on my show. Mike Adam, safety from Brampton. So I'm like, Mike, you're from Brampton? Home of the battalion? He's like, what? The hockey hockey team, Mike. Well, I don't don't, don't like hockey. Had no idea. No, it's a hockey team that's playing down the street. From Mike Horgan watching in Toronto. He says, I think Burlington, Ontario is where athletes go to retire, not to be born or raised. Uh, Burlington, Ontario, home of a few Chris Schultz, for one. And who's the girl, Jillian, Jillian, she might be a little before your time, too. She used to be on NFL on Fox. She was the weather girl. Jillian, was it McCarthy? Well, I don't want to say Let's Taylor, go to the big board. I think that's right. Jillian, NFL on Fox. I Can't say, remember her last name. Yeah. Jillian Barbary. Ta-da-da-da. Tell him what he's won, Bob. Bingo. She's from Burlington. Boy, did we get. Well, we asked for it. <laughs> yes, we did. Write this one down for the best of the week show, boys. He already did, Clark says. Hour one, block two. Uh, Jennifer from the Four Seasons says Jared Stoll. And here's something about Stoley. There's a lot of towns that lay claim to the two-time Stanley Cup champion of the Los Angeles Kings, Jared Stoll. And here's my story with Jared Stoll. When he won the first Stanley Cup with the Los Angeles Kings, was it 2012? He called me up and he's like, Rod, we're uh, having a Stanley Cup parade. Would you mind coming up and being in the parade? Stoley. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't have my Jeep yet. Okay. Wouldn't that have been perfect? Would have been awesome. So we lo- we called up the local Mercedes uh, dealership. Yeah. And said, "Can we get a Mercedes convertible?" They're like, "Absolutely. Bob's your uncle." And so me and Derek Duke Myers went up there. He spent the whole time on the phone with his lawyer in the back seat in the parade. <laughs> and uh, of course, sto- so we're in a this white uh, Mercedes. Convert up was aw- it was great. Beautiful summer day in Yorkton. Where else would you rather be? Stoley is like Santa Claus at the end of the parade on the top of a fire engine with the Stanley Cup. So when I still have photos of it, I could find them for you. I'd have to give me a minute. As he comes around the corner, I've already done my duties, or I'm parked. And I'm yeah. just standing there watching, trying to catch the bonbons that they throw, you know? Yeah. And Stoley comes around the corner. He's got the Stanley Cup. He looks. And he's like, <laughs> he might have. He might have actually yelled it. I don't know, but it looked like he mouthed, "Thank you." Yeah. And then that night, they had a cabaret, which is a dance for you people that aren't from here. And I think in Manitoba they call it a social. And I had to have the Mercedes back. And I'm like, there's. 
A team of horses couldn't have dragged me away from that cabaret. My God, it was the Stanley Cup there. Yeah. Are you kidding me? They were drinking out of cowboy boots. The cup and cowboy boots. People were sending me videos, and I'm like, oh, I want to be there so bad. But you had to get the car back. I had to get the car back. And my suit. And so, it was in Regina, the car? Yeah, I had to get the yeah. car back. Yeah. Oh. And I'm going to tell you something. It was like July, and I was driving this Mercedes back in the middle of the night from Yorkton. When I returned that thing to the dealership the next day, it was covered in grasshopper guts from bumper to, <laughs> to ass. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Still got a lot of... Um, well, Mike Horgan says Chris Schultz was our O-line coach at MMR High School back in the 90s. See? You wow. say nobody comes from Burlington. I just named two, and I'm not even from there. Chris Schultz and Jillian Barbary. Two rock stars, I yeah, might add. Yeah. And I'm sure there are more. Mm. Wayne Wolf. He just writes Lyndon Byers. I don't even need to know the town. And I'm guessing you don't. No. Nippowin Sask. LB. Former Regina Pat in Boston Bruin. Also appeared on Bar Rescue. You know, it's funny. Uh, Craig Campbell's watching from the Hockey Hall of Fame. Downtown Toronto. And he says, for Toronto, Lionel Conacher, the greatest athlete ever. And I was actually thinking about that this morning. Really? About Lionel Conacher would be Toronto's greatest athlete ever. I'm not joking. He was, Craig will back me up on this. He was the, he was the voted the best athlete of the first half century of the 1900s. Wow. So you got to be doing something right, right? No kidding. Darren down in Salt Lake City says, uh, two from my part of Utah, Bruce Hardy, the first high schooler to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated, played for the Dolphins for 10 years. Gene Fulmer, world middleweight champion of the 1950s. Trevor, Trevor Crosher says, George and Sid Abel from Melville. Did I say that right? Melville. Melville. You, you nailed it. They say it their own way there in Melville. And you say it correctly because yeah. you're from close to there. That's right. Uh, we just were talking about Todd McClellan yesterday was bringing up famous athletes from Melville. Terry Poole, the Houston Astros, great. Todd McClellan, obviously, the head coach of the LA Kings. Yeah. And he said, Sid Abel. Man. Isn't that something? Melville. That's that 11-11 thing, I think. Yeah. Mmm. James Henderson watching in Manitoba says, Glenn Goodall. For many, many years, the Western Hockey League's games played leader. Yeah. I'm not sure who, uh, who is now, but let me go to the big board. Are we covering anything? That's the thing with the, when the Western League. You know, everybody's got a chance in a cycle, right? But unfortunately, yep. the guys who get in early, like the Bedards, don't stay through their 20 year old year. Mm hmm. Who is it? Oh, it says Patrick Marlowe, but that's wrong. It's not Patty Marlowe. Patty Marlowe was only in this league for two years. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back around on that, okay? Yeah. Somebody want to tell me? It was Glenn Goodall, WHL, career games played leader. I Googled it, and it's not immediately coming up. I didn't get to my NHL top five, bottom five, but we don't have time. Should we do it now? Yeah. Clark says yeah. 
It's Wednesday. That means the weekly RP show, NHL Top 5, Bottom 5. We ready to go? Mm-hmm. Let's go with the top five first, please. The number one team in the National Hockey League are the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, look at the record. Look what they've been doing. They demolished Canada's team last night, the Vegas Golden Knights, and never broke a sweat. Carolina, number one. Number two, the Washington Capitals. They're the first-place team in the toughest division, it appears, in the NHL, the Metropolitan Division. It's the Washington Capitals. Number three, the Florida Panthers, who had their way with the Islanders last night, snapping a four-game slide. They lead the NHL in first-period goals. They're not going away. Florida is who we thought they were. Number four, the Winnipeg Jets. What have you done for me lately? Smashed the orders last night. Talk to me Friday, and we'll see where they are then. Winnipeg Jets are on a roll. Concluded a homestand 5-1-1. They're the fourth-best team in the National Hockey League. And number five, the Edmonton Oilers. Despite their goaltending, the Edmonton Oilers are the fifth-highest team in the NHL in our rankings. And because nobody else ranks the five worst teams in the NHL, we'll do it for you. You ready? Flipping it over, boys. 28th team, the Ottawa Senators. Yes, they've had COVID outbreaks. That's not our fault. It's theirs. Fifth worst team in the NHL. Fourth worst team, the Vancouver Canucks, who as of now still have a general manager, but the day ain't over yet. Uh, The 30th place team in the NHL, the Seattle Kraken. They are who we thought they were. The 31st team, the Montreal Canadiens, who unfortunately can't get out of their own way, but they're trying. And the worst team in the NHL is the Arizona Coyotes. Just look at the record. There you go, the NHL top five, bottom five, didn't take long. We're going to Dallas next with Brian Ray of Stars TV. You're watching the RP Show. It's Canada's daytime sports talk show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, just ahead of Brian Ray from Dallas Stars TV, we got in this discussion, who's the most famous athlete from your hometown? Because Ryan Getzlaff hit 1,000 points last night, and I say he is the most famous from here, the sweatpants capital of North America. Got some great ones coming in here. K-Dog says, Joan McCusker from Salt... Colts Sask, three-time Olympic medalist, gold medalist, curler. Rose Henry in Edmonton says Alfonso Davies. Can't argue with that. Daryl G is watching on Game Plus Television in Ajax, Ontario, and he says Glenn Healy. How about that? How about Uh, that? This guy, this is Mike Drop, Chris Moss from Weyburn Sask, Tiger Williams, Graham Dillette, Brendan Labatt, and Brett Jones of the Denver Broncos. Bingo! Pretty good list there. Oh, yeah. And there are more. Tim Chevalier Melville, Brad Stewart from Rocky Mountain House, Alberta, which I got a hell of a story about Stewie. Several, actually, but we'll get to that. Brian Ray's been holding for a while, and I appreciate that. Let's bring him in. Host of Dallas Stars, broadcast on Bally Sports Southwest. They did not, as you saw, Brian, make the top five, nor bottom five, the Dallas Stars. Does that mean they're a middling team? Where, where do you have them rated the Dallas Stars here through um, a little more than a month of the regular season? I, I'd say middle of the pack, um, if you look at it. You know, after, after their win last night, I think they're four points out of a wild card spot. But this always happens, right? There, there's always four or five teams that are hot out of the gate. And there's always four or five teams that bottom because they're slow out of the gate. And then 
that leaves you with 20 more teams sitting in the middle. So they're amongst that group, but they're still, you know, 65 games or so, depending on what your schedule looks like, to try and determine who's, who's going to separate. I got to tell you this, by the way, Brian. You mentioned last night's game. Jason Robertson scored twice. Jake Ottinger made 28 saves. Dallas beat Detroit 4-2. Last time you were on, a lot of our viewers said, really like that Dallas guy. Nice to hear about other teams than the Canadian teams. And I'm like, trust me, I get it. Same thing. So how big of a win was that for Dallas? What did it mean to beat Detroit 4-2 and have those individual performances I just mentioned? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm glad your audience enjoyed having me on. I have fun coming on with you guys. And to contribute to the conversation, I was born and raised in St. Louis, so our greatest athlete is probably Jackie Joyner-Kersey, mm. the track and field Olympian. But to keep it hockey, one Pat Lafon was born in St. Louis, Missouri, before he went on to have his career. So I'll, uh, I'll throw those two names into the ringer to, to keep your conversation going. But for Dallas last night, that's a huge win. Um, that's only the second time this year they've won consecutive games. And, and for a team, as you said, that, that's kind of been middle of the pack, you know, they're, they're searching for some consistency. And I think the last two games, there are clear telltale signs that building blocks towards consistency. I think we're going to learn a really big lesson about the Dallas Stars and where they're sort of trajecting um in their next game because they're going on the road to minnesota so division game road game and and one of the better teams to start this season there's going to be a lot of lessons learned i think uh, a couple of nights from now in mini backing up the truck patty lafontaine team usa buffalo sabers great is from st louis i did not know that and uh and it was it wasn't was it flojo or you said jackie joiner griffith not florence Joiner then. You know, it was Jackie no, Jackie Joiner Kersey, who I believe she went on to win, I think it was three gold medals. It might have had a couple of silvers on top of that. But her uh she had a, a strong run uh Olympic track and field in the eighties, I believe. Well, uh, listen, man, I could sit and talk to you about all this. Now, Brady and Matthew Kachuk would qualify as St. Louis athletes, would they not? They, they, they would, but I think the, the book is still out. we got to see how those careers progress. They're, they're so early into it. But, but, yeah, that draft class, I mean, there was a handful of kids from St. Louis that, that came out of that, that draft class with, uh, with, with Brady and, and Matthew Kachuk. It was, there was a nice little run there because, you know, we're going to go into deep St. Louis history, even though I'm on here to talk about <laughs> Dallas. But, you know, uh, Peter Stasny was was in St. Louis, I believe, when Paul was born, and, and Keith Kachuk stuck around at the end of his career, and uh, Jeff Brown stuck around after his career was done. Like there is a handful of St. Louis Blues players that ended up either sticking around in that community for a while, or are still a part of that community when their careers end. Oh God, it, we can talk about whatever we want. That's what we do on this show. And the last time, Brian, that I was in St. Louis, I went to a steakhouse. I was telling these boys about it. Deerdorf and Hearts downtown. Uh, Tommy Lasorda, I think, had a pasta place there back in the day. Is Deerdorf and Hearts still open, by the way? That was a wonderful steakhouse. Gosh, I haven't been. I mean, I haven't lived full time in St. Louis in like 15 years. So I, I believe Deerdorf and Hearts did close but you know but he i mean that's a hall of fame football player whose career was spent with the old st louis football cardinals 
Tommy Lasorda, yeah, he, he had ties, I think, just being the Dodgers manager for so long. I mean, now we're getting into baseball. Um, <laughs> yo, yo, no, no, yo, but, you know, Yogi Berra, you know, the, the old Yankees player was born in St. Louis. You know, there was there was a whole community called the Hill in St. Louis that all those baseball players back in the 40s and 50s and probably even the 60s and 70s, they either were born there or they lived there. You know, and is loaded with really nice but small Italian mom and pop restaurants because that's just that's the community, that's the, the demographic, that that's what the area was known for in St. Louis. Well, if you ever get asked again, Brian, I just went to the big board here. Yogi Berra, the from his Wikipedia, The Hill, St. Louis, Missouri. So the like, yep. mic drop, Yogi Berra, St. Louis. There you go. We looks at what we, what we accomplished today. Now. We should get back to the hockey. Um, Central Division is not what I thought it would be. There's a few things that I did that have happened. Vegas, where they are, surprised me a little bit. Um, Minnesota being number one in the Central shocks me. How about you? Well, I, I mean, how much is there that's gone according to plan so far? You know, the Central Division hasn't been as much of a bear, I think, as people thought. But has the Pacific Division been as bad as some people thought? When you look at it, so it's it it's always interesting for me to have these conversations because I mean we need to talk about something and we need to react to what we've seen through the first fifteen games, but we've also only seen fifteen games. Like there is still so much time for Vegas to get it together, Anaheim to maybe regress back to what a lot of people thought they were going to do for certain teams to improve their standings and and go to where they thought they were going to go. But at the same time, there's always a surprise somewhere in every NHL season. And maybe it's Anaheim, maybe it's somewhere else. We haven't determined what it is yet. So I'm still very much in wait and see mode. I remember when I talked to you last time, you asked me and I said, we're cautiously optimistic down here in Dallas, because you can look at a couple of things that can become pitfalls for the Stars. I'm still cautiously optimistic because we haven't seen those pitfalls happen consistently. still haven't seen maybe the expectations and the potential happen consistently. We've seen, you know, bits and pieces of it. They've left us wanting more a little bit, but there's still so much of the sample size that needs to be determined that it's still there's a lot of plot twists left in this story for a lot of teams for sure and that's awesome and they're definitely saying that in toronto but they say the cutoff line the wheat from the chaff time is the u.s thanksgiving and that is next week so we will know more maybe within a week's time hey brian as i told you my dad worked for the stars for 26 years so watching them pretty closely to see what's going on there i appreciate the update and i hope we can do it again soon appreciate it thanks guys Brian Ray joining us from Dallas Stars TV, Bally Sports Southwest. Taco time viewer takeover is next. Boy, we got a lot to get through. You're watching on Game Plus television today, live streaming on YouTube daily and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. 
Welcome back, everybody. As you know, it is time for Taco Time Viewer Takeover, and we we got a lot to get through here, man. I think we're going to have to carry it over into hour two. Taco Time, you know Canadians love local. Go local, eat local. Taco Time uses fresh ingredients sourced in Canada. Our beef, chicken, cheddar cheese, sour cream, and Mexi fries. I've, le- I've read a lot of comments today, so I feel like the whole show has been viewer takeover, to be honest, Moose. And I was telling somebody this the other day, and you as well. Taco Time kind of ruined me for Mexican food, i.e., I went to Mexico, as you know. Yeah. And I said, I'll have some tacos, please. And they're... Sh- I'm like, uh, where's ground beef, please? I'm sorry, Mr. Rod. We don't do ground beef. Take we on. do strip beef. No, no. What? Who would want that? Yeah. Taco time. That's what I thought. I, I these Mexicans don't even know how to make tacos. I don't want authentic Mexican food. <laughs> I want taco time. I want taco time. I want time. taco time. Their ground beef is next to God. Oh. And that was when I discovered the difference between Tex-Mex and Mexican. Right? Maybe that's why they have a cactus on their logo. I don't. No. Right. But now I want another crisp meat Never forget burrito. your first. Spicy. <laughs> right. When Kyle Lahren arrived in Edmonton, he was too sick to eat. Last night at Frigid Commonwealth Stadium, Lahren scored twice to lift Canada's men's soccer team to a 2-1 win over Mexico and into top spot in the final round of CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. The Canadians have six games remaining in their quest for their first World Cup berth since 1986. The Toronto Maple Leafs remain one of the hottest teams in the NHL after a 3-0 win over Nashville. The Leafs have won 9 of 10. The Winnipeg Jets also had a good night. They beat Edmonton 5-2 for their seventh win in their last 10. The Vancouver Canucks look to end their three-game losing skid when they host the Colorado Avalanche tonight. The struggling Canucks have just three wins in their last 10. Elsewhere, Chicago visits Seattle, and L.A. hosts Washington. Can I ask you this, Moose? Yes. We find out yesterday that the owner of the Canucks and the GM are going to have a meeting yesterday afternoon. How How does that get out? That should be simply, hey, Jim, uh, can you come up to my office at 1? Yeah, see you then, Francesco. How does that become national news? So please tell me because I don't know. Here's how it happens. At 7 a.m., Francesco, he sends the message. Last minute. He, last minute of play in hour one. He sends the message to Jim Benning. Jim, I need to see you in my office. I'll be there at 1 o'clock. Let's set this meeting. This is at like 7 a.m. So Jim texts Travis Green says, I got a meeting with the owner. It's coming up at whatever time. He texts his brother who says, I got a meeting with the owner at okay. 1 o'clock. I might be losing my job. Honey, get the finances in order. I might be losing my job, right? A couple of texts. One text leads to, oh, yeah, I got a text from Jim who said. Pretty sure it didn't come from the owner's side. I, well, you never know. But anyways, right. Steph Curry put on a show in Brooklyn last night leading uh, – the Golden State Warriors to a commanding 117-99 win over the Nets, winning the one-on-one battle with fellow MVP candidate Kevin Durant. The sports update for Ballers Rec Room, the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store, and for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. We'll continue all the fun after this break in hour two for Great Western Brewing Company on Game Plus TV. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.